Hello, uh, Scott Orchard here from CBRE Melbourne Middle Markets. Uh, welcome to our office interview series 2.0. I'm uh, joined today by Toby Skobron from Creative Cubes, one of the co-founders. Welcome, Toby. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me, mate. No problem. Um, look, we've got to know one another quite well over the last 12 months or so, and uh, uh, obviously we've got a common interest. That's a love for the office, and uh, obviously it uh, plays such a crucial role. Um, and obviously it's been a very interesting sector to, to follow uh, and to see how it's been coping throughout the, the pandemic period so far. Um, I guess uh, I'd love just a, a quick introduction from yourself. Um, and then a number of things that I'd love to talk through with you just to give the listeners out there a little bit more of a feel for what's really happening out there at the moment with regards to the flexible uh, workspace. Uh, how have you been coping through the pandemic and uh, what the future is going to look like for uh, not only yourself, but the sector? Yeah, so again, um, really uh, have high value on the relationship we hold with CBRE and, 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 and you, Scott. So thank you very much for the opportunity to sit in front of your audience today. Um, Look, it's very interesting, right? When the pandemic hit, um, there was a, there was a, there's so many waves of emotion that ran through. Um, the the first wave of emotion was, um, you know, this is an opportunity, right? Um, and this is an opportunity in the, in regards to we as an organisation have validated flexible office, have validated the need for that in market, um, but with so many people with so many big commitments to large footprints across across the country uh, or even the globe um the liability that, that that carries for an organization in an unknown like a pandemic has been really scary for a lot of people so from an opportunistic perspective i definitely feel like the market has swum towards us um, over the last six months um, and probably project uh, probably come forward probably somewhere between five and ten years in comparison to sort of if this would not have happened we would have seen a lot of slower um, slower uptake of of what we do uh, flexible office here at creative cube so um, it hasn't gone without its stresses and pains you know we we, mm. we are a big culture piece for over a thousand companies across our network and all of our buildings um, and growing, rapidly growing. Um, and so uh, we feel their pain. Uh, we're in the people business. I know we, we sell brick and mortar, or we, you know, we sell private offices, you know, by the day, if you need it by the day. But a lot of our members are here on 12, you know, six, 12, 24 month, 36 month commitments. Um, and they can expand and contract inside of us. So they might start off with a desk and end up with a 20 person office within a very quick period of time. We're in the, we're in the people business as much as we're in the uh, real estate business, yeah? And so we're a big culture piece for a lot of these organizations. So to hear them hurting really genuinely hurts our soul as well um, because we're so hyper-focused on delivering nothing but the best to our community. Um, and community like the wider Melbourne community and the wider Australian community is, is hurting right now. And, mm. uh, we definitely mm. feel that. Well, it's great to see you uh, in the office today and uh, being deemed an essential service and looking after so many uh, businesses that are needing your service so that they can keep operating their essential services. Uh, obviously important and um, uh, good to see that you're not stuck at home like I am at the moment. But I think, you know, co-working at, at, at the last few years um, it, it has really trended um, and we could see that it's been starting to play such an important function in so many markets. Uh, I remember a stat, um, 
think it was the 18 months up until last Christmas, uh, there'd been roughly about 70,000 square metres of absorption um, towards uh, the flexible workspace providers at a, a 300 odd thousand net um, absorption around all Australian capital cities. So it's around 20% of the leasing activity that had been happening. So clearly the, the pandemic's throwing a little bit of a spanner in the works. And I suppose um, pre-pandemic, you were hearing out in the marketplace that it was getting fairly competitive between some operators. There was sort of undercutting of costs and um, rates to, to try to get as many customers and bums on seats and that type of thing. And I suppose it was uh, when, when anything is really trending, um, it's, you, you see in a number of different sectors that those that are really good at their craft and doing things well will end up coming out on top and will set themselves a really exciting and uh, successful future. And those that aren't doing it well will end up getting squeezed out. So uh, what's the disruption that you're seeing at the moment? Uh, and I suppose what are the opportunities for those that are really focusing on the people, as you mentioned before? Um, and the last question, not to throw too much at you at once, is I know that your business model is um, really centered heavily on that sense of community uh, amongst the locations that you have. And uh, I know you've got three existing uh, operations and another three under construction at the moment, which is fantastic. But when there are so many more people that are working online and remotely, how do you continue to, I guess, um, instill that sense of community amongst all of your customers? Yeah, so um, to answer the last part first, just because it's fresh, uh, community is our North Star, right? You can be the biggest company in the world with a really bad culture and no amount of money can get you in the doors here at Creative Cues. We're really precious about who's in the door. Um, we're not exclusive, but we just don't allow bad apples to ruin the cart, yeah? So we take a lot of pride in that. And we're also leaders. So my leadership team and our organization are org-wide. We're, you know, we've got a bunch of really strong, talented people that our community looks up to. Um, not in hierarchical position, but from a leadership perspective. And so we understand intently our role that we play within their organizations. So being there for them in the good times is equally as important as being there in the bad times. And I would say that it's probably even stronger for our brand and our culture to just be there when the times are really tough, yeah? And so I don't think it gets much worse than this, God forbid, but, um, our, our community has leaned in on us and we've leaned in on them and together we've become stronger. In terms of like where you brought the question out in the first place, it's very easy to be price competitive when you've got venture capital into the billions of dollars and you're just trying to buy market share. But the reality is that's not how this game is played. This game is played based on relationships. This play game is placed on integrity and a lot of end users, I know we're in the B2B space, like we serve business to business, but we treat them like consumers here at Creative Cubes anyway. Um, those people need to have confidence that the workplace is gonna be sustained, that they're not gonna show up one day and the doors are gonna be locked and all their stuff's inside. Uh, we've heard horrible stories globally about this sort of stuff. I haven't heard of that in Australia. But what's really, really important, and, I'm bunch, and, and a bunch of uh, really top operators um, I'm part of a network with them. We talk all the time. We have deep relationships with some of the bigger players in the space. Um, and behind closed doors, we're all kind of working together. There are a few outcasts that are trying to disrupt and, and create uh, an inequality. But behind the doors, you know, we respect the guys that operate in the city. 
they respect that we're sort of city fringe and suburbia markets. There's guys that operate even further out, you know, um, in, in real suburbia, uh, you know, 20, 30 kilometers from CBD. Um, but, but we're all in this constant feedback loop. And um, what's really beautiful about this space and this industry is unlike being a product business or a service business, where I come to you, Scott, and you've got enough space on the shelf to put my my pair of shoes or another company's pair of shoes. And I'm like, hey, I'll give you a bigger incentive and I'll, and we're fighting for that shelf space. The reality is inside the buildings alone, like in Richmond, right? We're right next door. I say we're right next door. We're probably about 250 meters away from spaces. Um, spaces from uh, IWG, the International Work Group. Um, people coming from South Yarra end don't want to walk the extra 300 meters to our end. And likewise, the people coming from the Richmond end are not interested in going to the South Yarra. And so there's enough customer that both Spaces and Creative Cube, specifically in Richmond, have got enough integrity and respect for one another that there's enough business where we don't have to just completely prostitute our products at a loss to win over a customer that's never going to yield and we're going to be behind all the time. So I think those days of trying to compete are done. I think the network behind the closed doors or the operators behind closed doors are really working with each other and sharing info and intel and helping others. I know we're doing a lot ourselves to help others learn and grow because as an industry, you talk about a 30% growth there, you know, we're only two and a half percent of net, net level area, uh, uh, flexible office space. So I see like the opportunity is not to try and knock off another operator, but it's actually the traditional lease that's more of a competitor than the other operators. And the traditional lease has been taken, has taken its own beating over the last six months that the market is there for someone that an operators that can have integrity, that can deliver an amazing experience that, that really pride themselves on, on their craft. This is not a rent arbitrage business. This is a service business. Yeah. So this is a very sophisticated mm. layer of service that goes over and above a slab of concrete and, and a pane of glass. Okay. And I, presu I presume that um, as it sits at the moment and uh, today, as we have this conversation, we're still in stage four lockdown in Melbourne. Yep. Um, so I presume that um, your physical attendance to the offices is uh, obviously down at the moment, even though you still are catering for essential workers and a few people that are still uh, needing to go about their business. Um, yep. What's inquiry been like from, I guess, uh, not just uh, your, your sole operator uh, and perhaps some of the startups, uh, but larger businesses where it's yeah. just all about flexibility at the moment. Because I know that, yes, there's more sublease space that's coming available in the market. Um, and then there's traditional leasing space as well. But uh, from what I'm picking up, uh, in speaking to landlords, talking to our leasing team as well, is that tenants obviously are not wanting to make those really long-term commitments right now. They're wanting to, I guess, establish a bit of a bridge to get through uh, all this current turbulence uh, before making longer-term commitments. So. That's where I see you being very well placed to cater for that flexibility that's um, in such high demand at the moment. Yeah, so it's actually a two-headed monster, Scott, with, uh, with love and respect. Um, we, we're seeing the larger companies go, hey, remote working has worked really well for us, but we can't have our staff getting sore back, sitting at the kitchen table in a non-ergonomic chair or not being able to stand and work 
you know, all of our desks here are sit stand. Um, if you haven't noticed, I'm standing. Um, but so, so there's that sort of like, how do I, as a, a head of HR or head of people and culture at an organization, make sure that my staff are comfortable to be able to go and do their best work. Do my staff really need to get on the train, uh, run the risk of a COVID outbreak, run the risk of spending two hours in commute each day, so on and so forth, or can I plug them into a safe, happy environment in the local neighborhood? I think that that's, that's something that's absolutely rearing its head. We're seeing a lot of inquiry from the top end of town, the larger companies that would never ever consider us or consider Flex as an option, but we've been forced into that world now and that's just presented a really nice, um, really nice opportunity for us. The second head to that monster is actually landlords. A lot of landlords are reaching us um, in, in large numbers with more than one property to say, hey, you guys, Creative Cubes, unlock the unlock the SME to large to 200 person sort of size corporations. I've got anywhere from one to 5,000 square meters per building or per asset that I can no longer get a lease done on because there's just no one wanting that lock-in. Is there a way that we can come to you with a management, you know, in a, in a management agreement that doesn't sit well with us in terms of management agreement, because it just doesn't, it's just not the way in which we're built. But, but we, we are very, very interested and entertaining a ton of these conversations at the moment around partnership, um, partnership management agreement. It may feel like it's the same thing, but to us, it's a very, it's a fundamental difference. The partnership is how can we serve you, the landlord? by unlocking the power and access to these one to 200 person size SMEs and large corporates. And we actually actively deploy what we do really, really well inside of these locations to help the landlords not only get their net, net rent, but we've got some deals that are sort of somewhere between 20 and 30% above net rent in exchange for the partnership you know, as part of the partnership. So, so, so in the future, when all these landlords start to have vacancies, I can see the second part of our business, which is a new product and service that we developed during COVID. We, we feel like we can partner very, very strongly with the landlord, unlock a ton of potential. We only want the lower floors anyway. So it's sort of like the runt end of the litter in terms of, you know, inventory available, but we can commercialize that and not only get their market rents, but in some cases we are doing deals where landlords are yielding 20 to 30% above net rent in exchange for this partnership agreement. And we've worked out a really strong, sophisticated, transparent way for us to be able to plug in and help the landlord by helping the one to 200 person SME, large cohort, small corporate. Um, and everyone in that chain, the end user, the landlord, those guys win and as a result, we become successful as well. Yeah, I think that'll be uh, of great interest to a lot of landlords uh, that perhaps have got some uh, forthcoming uh, expiries uh, or some existing vacancy in their buildings, but they know that they're in a, uh, a very attractive cosmopolitan, well-connected activity center style location that's gonna be, yeah. um, I guess, a, a, a great place for people to be able to come to without necessarily needing to commute all the way into the CBD. It's been no surprise and there's been plenty of commentary over the last few months about this decentralization notion and how more businesses will look, as you say, uh, look to get 
um, I guess, opportunities for their workforce to engage and to work remotely. What does your office look like now? I mean, what are some of the changes that you've had to make from a, I guess, a uh, social distancing and hygiene protocol perspective? Because um, I guess there are still a lot of bigger businesses that are yet to get into their offices after being uh, locked out for a long period of time. You've managed to continue operating through. So what are some of the things that you've done now already that have worked yep. well, um, that are going to be helpful for other landlords to get their head around? Yeah, so I mean, uh, COVID is obviously a, uh, a, a huge concern. Um, we've been, we do COVID cleaning every night. So the place is always sanitary. It's always very clean. Um, there's not a night that that's passed on. We do that every night and it's out of the box. In terms of like our offering and social distancing, yeah, we have signage up around the space. We have, you know, um, a lot of uh, sanitary products and, 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 and stuff littered throughout the buildings. Um, but I think the, the, the value that we actually offer is, hey, that four person office, we're actually now, the, the, the member wants to actually only put three people in there, but can they get the other, the other two person office on the other side as well and add that third person? So um, in terms of like the distance side of things, our spaces were already more than one to four square meters. Uh, in terms of you know what the, the government deems an acceptable uh, space and, and, and safe distance, but but if if people are really like look, I just really want extra space, or I want to double, I want to go one to eight, one to ten, whatever the number is, square meters. Um, we have the ability to to sort of offer you the next you know the next room, um, and you can split your staff. If you have eight staff, you can split them over, you know, uh, four twos. One, one six and a two, like there's just so much flexibility <laughs> in order to be able to accommodate yeah, yeah. whatever it is that person or that organization's needs are. So is there more demand for private offices uh, compared to, I guess, just the, the more traditional co-working as such with the open desks? It's interesting, you know, like we, we, we're a very strong, strong co-working brand, but actually um, 80, 85% of our revenue is actually derived from private offices. Uh, co-working is our open plan desk. They're very popular. Um, again, they're, they're also very um, uh, COVID safe in terms of uh, social distancing safe, uh, should, I, should I say. Um, uh, and, and a lot of companies actually take the private office for two, four, five, six, ten 10 people, but then have a bank of desks on the exterior that just allow for that overflow and that just that space and convenience. But 85%, 80, 85% of our monthly revenue is definitely driven via private offices and the, the, the co-working product or the open plan desk product is um, a product that's bolted on, not exclusively, but it's a product that's bolted on to allow for that expansion and contraction very quickly. Okay, well, look, we've covered a fair bit of ground there and conscious of time, obviously. So, um, look, people will know how to get in touch with you if they wanted to engage a little bit more on some of the things that you mentioned uh, or there are landlords that were interested in having a talk to you about some opportunities within their buildings as well. Uh, but it's great to see that you've continued to operate throughout, uh, that you've got a product there that uh, obviously is very attractive to the market and seem well-placed for um, Victoria and Australia and the world's recovery. I guess, uh, yeah. over the next couple of years. So it's been great talking to you, Toby, and uh, thank you very much. Likewise. Mate, Scott, thank okay. you so much. Cheers.